0: Excited to have Maria Brito with us today because uh, you know we just take, we just spent five minutes talking about a little bit of background about you know where you where you came from where you're going to what the whole concept is and you know being an author of a book and 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 I know how much work that is. Um, tell us a little bit about like your background, Maria. Tell us about how what got you into this world because I think this is going to be one of my more fun interviews of the month.
1: Hi, Joe. Thank you for having me and thank you for everybody who's listening. Yes, I. I was born and raised in Venezuela and I moved to the United States to go to Harvard Law School and I um, basically escaped a country that went into a very dark path of communism and terrible governments that Mm. basically ended with the economy and everything that existed. Mm. And so the reason why I went to law school is because my parents had this idea that I had to follow a very dependable path. And I had to find some sort of career that would guarantee that I was going to be financially sound for the rest of my life, even though there's no such thing. Right. I mean, there's no guarantee of anything. Well, and, I want to get
0: into that. We got to get deeper into that later. But yeah, well, keep going.
1: there yeah. and <laughs> and. Um, But that was really not what I wanted to do. My heart was into the arts and uh, I wanted to be a performer and a singer. And people would say, well, me too as a child and whatnot, but I did have a talent and I had a lot of auditions and I always got into whatever I wanted and whatnot. But to my parents, that was not something that, a normal person would do like that was for crazy people or for people with no other you know ways to support themselves and whatnot right but anyway it was like a lot of brainwashing to be honest with you and so i ended up settling it's not even that i i settled for the best law school right in <laughs> in the world but it's like i settled for something that i didn't want to do but i convinced myself that was the way to do it. And I am grateful for the opportunity of having had such an incredible education. And then I moved. Thanks to that, I was able to leave the country and then I moved to New York and I have been in New York since 2000. And my first nine years in New York City, I worked in companies, and I worked in big law firms and medium-sized law firms, and I hated it with all my might. And so I realized one day after having given birth to my first child that I couldn't really waste my life like that, and that I was not happy, and that I was not made for a corporate office, and being an attorney was not my mission, and it was not fulfilling. And I have nothing against attorneys. If lawyers are listening You guys are very needed in society, actually. It's a very, very noble profession, but it was not for me. And so I decided after a lot of soul searching that I wanted to open my own business and that it was going to be an art advisory company. So what do I do is that I buy art for my clients and I build art collections that gain value over time, And um, I branched out in a lot of different ways. I have worked with artists in product collaborations, and we have sold them around the world. I have been hired to curate exhibitions. I have consulted for companies on the topics of creativity and innovation and translating the minds of artists for executives in big companies and explaining to them what to do to create more innovation and newer offerings and products and service and whatnot so i have branched out and created a business that i took from zero to seven figures with a minimal overhead and i'm incredibly proud of that and i think and i, I can attest that coming from the barrenness of being an attorney to where i am today i owe that to how i build my creativity and how i dig into all the things that I needed within me to create something that was not available in the market the way I was presenting it and so that Mm -hmm. is my current objective is to bring this message to more people so that they can do themselves the same thing I did and every time I need to adjust and pivot I already know that I have all those tools within me and so it's a, it's a very important thing in the times that we're living that people can trust and rely on their creative abilities. And as I was telling you before, it is not about being an artist and it's not about cutouts and it's not about wizardry. It is, we are born extraordinarily creative. And as we get older and we get impositions and formal education and we get, media telling us and things like that, we start getting disconnected from our center of creativity. And so mm. I want to everybody to reclaim that for themselves.
0: I love that. I love that. You actually used the word there I was going to shift into, which is the word pivot, right? Like I know it takes massive guts to do what you did, especially being as deep in, I mean, you're Harvard Law School. It's, like, it's not like you went to a couple, couple semesters of community college and made a shift and decided you wanted to do something different, right? Like walk me through or walk our audience through like what went through if you can remember your mind at that time right what when you were really feeling you know not connected to that or or not you know passionate or driven about that and then you decided to make that shift I mean that had to be that had to be a really tough thing to do but it also had to be kind of like an identity shift right for you to go out and like live that new that new perspective live that new identity and 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 you know, were there people holding you back, that type of thing? Like what was that shift like? What did it feel like? and how did you how did you pull through it?
1: That is an excellent question. And the truth is that, as I told you, my true identity is the one that I have right now. But I had, yeah wanted to please my parents. And in a way I had believed the entire story. And so remember also is context and culture, right? My parents Mm -hmm. are Venezuelan. It's, you know, Catholic Christian is very rigid it's one thing or, you know, nothing. Right. And so I, for them, there was no option because also the context they couldn't have anything else to prove that I could do anything right anything different than being a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer or things like that right and so the I had several different jobs in the span of those nine years right and so I was always thinking the next one is going to be better right I'm going to finally kind of like find myself in the right environment with the right people and so I worked like I did corporate America in, um, as a liaison between the legal department and business development. And that was really a lot of fun. And I learned a lot, but the company went busted because it was like the dot-com bubble. So then Mm -hmm. I was like in an international law firm that put me to work, um, with different offices around the world. And that was really fun, but I was like, okay, what's next. Then I was in a medium-sized law firm. Then I ended up in a really super prestigious Wall Street law firm. I was the only foreigner, literally, I was like, I think there were two Latinos in the whole thing and they treated me with great respect, but it was horrific. I mean, it's 16 hours a day that you're working and you have to, at that time there were no iPhones. So you had a blackberry and now you have to sleep with a thing under your pillow. (laughs) And uh, I, I had no desire to go there and I just felt that I had already gotten everything that I could have gotten out of being an attorney, right? And so I had been discussing with my husband. Again, I was pregnant. It was my first child. And I was like, I need to open my own business. I'm very entrepreneurial. I see things that other people miss. I am consistently recommending this artist to my friends and they are getting, you know, returns that are incredible I have an eye for this I can make people happy in a different way and so that that was months and months right I mean it's not that I woke up one day like and say bye right it's just this was bubbling inside of me and the truth is I was miserable man I Mm. if you could have told me listen you're gonna get like maybe a job at a fashion firm or whatever and you're gonna start at the lowest level I potentially could have taken it because I was so done with everything, right? Mm. And so, um, of course, it this takes enormous trade-offs, right? I was... Making a lot of money is, um, is, uh, I'm telling you, is one of the most prestigious and important Mm -hmm. Wall Street law firms. And I had a 401k and I had an insurance. And every night a car would drive me home because you have that perk after 8 p.m. So every day you would leave after 8 p.m. because that's the level of a lawyer. So, (laughs) yeah. So after my, my son was born, I was like, you know, I just cannot have a child and first of all, not see him again. Right. And second, what am I going to teach him? What is he going to know about me when, you know, he's like 10 or he is 20? He's like, oh, well, my mother was a miserable attorney whom I never saw. Mm. The end. Like, you know, he's like, is that what I want my obituary to read? No, right. (laughs) And so, so, um, so yeah, the, the pain of staying in that job was a whole lot heavier and, and, you know, darker than, any of the alternatives. So I just went with the alternative, which was the thing that I wanted to bet on myself and utilize whatever I had inside of me and transfer the skills, right? Because that's the other thing is that All right, well, I had to learn a whole industry that I didn't know. And I had to also learn to be the CEO and I had to learn how to work with people in a different way. And I had Mm -hmm. to learn a lot of things about marketing and social media. And we're talking about 13 years ago when things were very rudimentary, if you will. Like Mm -hmm. we only had Facebook, we only had Twitter and people would use Blogger or something like that as a platform, right? And so this is um, 13 years ago. And I was very, I mean, I was lucky, but at the same time, When everything sort of falls into place, you know that you took the right decision. And for me, it took about a year for everything to fall into place. And I think that when I started getting those signals from the universe and confirmation that Mm. things were really moving for me, I knew I was doing the right thing.
0: Well, I mean, there's a couple of things I want to, because a lot of times entrepreneurs talk and they don't realize the golden nuggets they're dropping while they're saying it. So I want to recap on a couple of takeaways that I just got from that, right? Right. Number one is you. You kept pivoting, right? You went from you tried different things out. I think a lot of uh, especially young business owners right now are, are they get stuck in a thing, right? They think that this is all I can do and this is what I do and I keep doing it. And, and but but you you kept trying things out, like you kept taste testing things, trying to decide what was the right thing. But ultimately, what you did was you aligned with your unique ability. You you aligned with what your true passion is, and I think that is one of the most important takeaways for a lot of listeners because. They're, they're, A lot of people are, are chasing the money, they're chasing the, the drama, they're chasing the, you know, trying to impress other people. And the reality of it is, once you capture that passion, that unique ability, like what you're really great at, and you figure that out, it's empowering, right? And I think it helps you make that shift.
1: Yes. And I, you know, I'm gonna just say that in my upcoming book, my book, there mm-hmm. is a whole chapter on pivoting. And, I uh, yeah. and I you know, just for our listeners, the name of the book is How Creativity Rules the World. Mm-hmm. The subtitle is The Art and Business of Turning Your Ideas into Gold. Yeah. And the the chapter on pivoting was so important to me that, you know, I kept adding things to it because it's actually a, a theme that trickles through the whole book too, right? And so I as I've been 13 years running a very successful business, I still have to change things all the time. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And the, the reason is because we change, circumstances change. We have never faced so many changes in the history of humanity as we mm. are today. And it's political, it's societal, it is technological. So we have to confront all these changes daily. And because of that, we also have to make those changes, right? And so we have to adjust and we have to be very present. And, And that's part of being creative is being present. And that means paying attention. And that means trying to get a little time off your electronics every day. That means trying to build up on your intuition, trying to understand the, the, the symptoms and, and the responses that you get from the market, no matter the industry, because if you're in any industry, you should know what's going on. You should be Mm. able to talk to your clients. You should be able to even talk to your competitors. You should be able to know what's in the margins. That is like, the riches are in the margins and people Mm -hmm. just do not have that willingness to go and explore what is happening in the margins because they have a focus on something that probably is already not even worth it. It's, you can't Mm -hmm. really be chasing that only and only that thing, right? I mean, to have that kind of narrow-mindedness is just not conducive of having a business that is nimble and that is creative and that is constantly evolving. And that is the, the currency of how we run businesses right now. And mm-hmm. it'll be for the rest of our lives. I hate to say it, but this is what it is, right? I mean, the the level and the speed at which we are moving only demands for a constant adjustment. And that doesn't mean you have to be radical, right? I mean, it doesn't mean you have to do what I did. Mm -hmm. Although if you want to, please go ahead and do it, right? Like, I mean, if you're miserable in what you're doing, that means you haven't yet explored what it is that light you up and like, what is your passion, right? And so I I think that having the acknowledgement at least to begin with, that you're going to have to pivot Little or a lot already gives you some peace of mind about the possibility that you will have to change many times, right? And so at least start with acknowledging it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, I think what what you're touching on, we've been been talking about now, I mean, this has been two, three years of, uh, you know, I talk about adversity plants the seeds for opportunity, right? Like sometimes we have to have the adversity to force us to do the things that maybe we should have been doing all along right? Pivoting, adjusting, correcting. This is what you're tapping into. What I think is the absolute superpower for visionaries is understanding what's outside and how you can make corrections, course corrections, changes to keep you in alignment and and ultimately to keep you ahead of your industry. And that's why I I love your line that you said earlier, which I want to touch on, which is, you know, shattering this myth that creativeness and creativity is not just for artists, right? Your background is art, but we talked before the record about how, every business owner, every visionary, everyone who wants to go make real impact needs to focus on that creativity piece, right? In order to create change. And so a lot of times this adversity that's that, that's that's stuck in front of us, it was planted there for a reason, right? You know, your dreams are, are, are happening for a reason. God's trying to tell you something, right? So so what do you, what advice do you give to people who feel like they might be stuck? How do they tap into that creativity?
1: Look, this is something that I uh, face with my students and my course, and you know, I consult for companies too, and they have this sensation of being stuck and not moving forward, right? And so one of the things that I recommend people the most is... Uh, two things. One is to spend really some time in silence, right? And and that is because, as I said before, we are drowned with a stimulation and information and we're not allowing the answers to come from within. I think that people the, the we all have answers for the problems that we face, and but we don't like to listen to them. And so, developing your intuition is one of the most crucial parts of business. And people may think, "Well, you're woo right now. I'm not." Uh, intuition has been a part of you know the repertoire of people, ranging from Steve Jobs to Leonardo da Vinci. Okay, and so the it's something that tells us what is our next move and if the more you develop your intuition the easier it is to listen to those you know that that decision-making process and when you do not listen to your intuition a lot of people find themselves in trouble right and so if, if you can allow yourself five minutes a day to just be, because I mean, ideally you will build it up to 20 minutes a day, right? But let's just start with five. And I also recommend people to, Jot their ideas with a pen and a pen, a pen and a paper because there is a process that activates the reticular activation system in the brain, which actually helps people focus more and mm. absorb more ideas. So, you know, that's those that's that's on the practical level, right? And so, when people are feeling stuck and they do not know what to do next, I also recommend taking inspired action and what does that mean it means like what is it that you feel that you need to do right I mean let's say we're in the business of real estate and whatnot and you are trying to differentiate yourself from your competitors or you're trying to market yourself in a different way or you're trying to get a deal done that it's not happening or you just want to do something else right differently and so I feel that what is Starting with your intuition, what is that your intuition is telling you that you, you want to do next and that you should do next? Right. And taking little steps compound over time. And this is also something that I, I would like to emphasize a lot is that you do one thing every day for the betterment or 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 for furthering your objectives one day you may not see results, day two, you may not see results, but at the end of 30 days, at the end of 60 days, at the end of 90 days, it's the same thing as like saving money, or it's the same thing as like trying to lose weight, right? You are not going to build 5 million bucks in the bank account, day one, starting with zero, right? But Mm -hmm. if you believe in the power of compounded interest that in this country exists, then you're Mm -hmm. going to see that money growing, right? And so Taking inspired action every day, a little bit of what you would want to do, whether that is like, you know, reading a book, reading, a, taking a course, or, you know, watching something that is actually enlightening and not just garbage, right? And so I think that those actions help every day people get smarter, better, faster, and at the end of that cumulative process, they can see differences in their lives, but a lot of people are not willing to take a lot of action, especially Mm. not a lot of action in their ideas because they feel, nah, it's been done, or why am I gonna waste my time doing this? Mm. And you know, the Mm. the truth is you don't know, right? I mean, nothing happens if you don't act. So whether it is going to be immediately successful Mm. or not, We don't have the answer to those things. It's okay to try a few things and to take calculated risks. And I think that... We right now are in a juncture, a place of actually you wanna take those calculated risks because there will be a whole different society once this pandemic is over or settled in a place where we can live with the virus like the Mm -hmm. flu in a normal way and people are not getting in the hospital and we are not panicking and frantically running around. right? And so that is going to be a place of incredible opportunity In real estate, for example, uh, there is pent-up demand, too. There has been a lot of wealth that has been created in tech. And so this money has to circulate. Things are Mm going to happen people Mm -hmm. will have different needs, there will be a whole other world of different needs that have been created. For example, online education is one of those Mm -hmm. new things, right? I mean, and how we live and how we protect ourselves, architecture is going to change, things are going to change. And so This is the time to start putting those ideas down in paper and evaluating them and seeing how creative you can be to be the odds of a market that is saturated because it's not it's not one market every market has everything and that's the truth creativity is about coming up with ideas of value that are relevant for that particular market, right? That are novel, that are interesting and everything has been done. That's the truth is how do you improve? How do you build up in what has already been done that you are going to make different? Because Joe, you have a whole unique way of seeing the world and your experiences and the way you grew up and the things that you read and the people you have worked with, the people you've coached, everything forms who you are and no other human being out of the 7 billion who populate this world has the same exact blueprint and viewpoint that you do. But people think my ideas are not sufficiently original or because they are not confident in their creative abilities. And I want to change that. And that's why I wrote this book. And that's why I illustrate that if I was able to do it and my students are able to do it with remarkable results, then anybody can do it. And so I wanted this idea to be so widespread that I wrote a book that HarperCollins bought at auction and it comes in march and so i i'm excited for that but i am also excited for people to try it it's highly actionable there are exercises at the end of each chapter there's a lot of history there is a lot of neuroscience i quote a lot of uh, psychologists and researchers who have this you know the, the the way for them is to measure everything through data and so if we already have so much that proves that anybody can be creative, and that anybody can come up with great ideas, and that anybody can execute them, and that you don't have to have a special God-given talent, and it's not about being artistic, but it's about being relevant. And for the moment, and this is what we need.
0: I love it. I mean, there's so many good takeaways. It's like this. This entire episode has been packed, and I can't believe we've been talking for half an hour already. I mean. You know, the, the the couple things that going back to what you just said is, you know, I feel like we have the same coaches too, by the way, because you said a lot of the same things that I coach on. But, you know, we talk all the time about taking intelligent and inspired action, right? And I think a lot of that has to do with taking the decisions that are in your head and bring them down to your heart and your gut, right? Because, you know, I say this all the time. You don't, you never regret a decision that goes wrong that you made with your heart or your gut. You defend that decision, right? But if we overanalyze and we think too much and too hard on something, and then we make a decision based on that. Something goes wrong, then you go and second guess the analysis, right? Maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't. You know, tweak the numbers. Maybe I didn't look at the due diligence properly. Maybe I didn't analyze something, and you always kind of regret the stuff that you made with your head. But when you make a heart or a gut decision, um, I think that's that's kind of again a superpower of these visionaries and a lot of the creativity you're talking about, because we know the answer, right? But but a lot of times we're just second guessing ourselves. And the answer we already know. So, um, so many powerful things there with the you know with the journaling, reticular brain focus, that whole thing. Um, Just so many good things. But we have been here half an hour. How creativity rules the world. How do people get a hold of it? How do people reach you? Is it pre? It sounds like it's pre-launch, right? Not it's not out. Yes,
1: um, it's not out until March. And so it's everywhere. It's an every retailer and every Amazon and Books a Million and Barnes and Noble and you know, come to my website at Um, uh, That's B-R-I-T as in Tom O.com slash book. Um,
0: awesome.
1: I'm always giving bonuses and I would love to hear from you guys. And I'm just very invested in changing the way people feel and and understand the word creativity. And I really want to invite you guys to buy this book, pre-order it, use it and have fun with it and let your imagination dictate many of your next steps. And it's important also to use logic, like you said, but that is just to keep you grounded in reality. However, your intuition always knows best yeah. and it knows first and so it's uh uh, it's the fine art of balancing both and i i think that a lot of very very smart people who are listening to this understand that decision making process requires that gut feeling first and heart
0: Mm -hmm. you know and i think anybody listening can just tell from from the from the the pure passion of where you're coming from when you explain this i mean again a lot of really good good takeaways and golden nuggets today i hope some people re-listen to this thing but definitely i'm excited go get the book, guys. Go to MariaBrito.com. We'll have the, uh, the everything links in the show notes. Anywhere you're listening to this, you'll be able to click directly. Go check it out. Go check out our website, Connect with Maria. And Maria, congratulations on the new book release. Excited to have you on today
1: thank you joe it's a pleasure and i am looking forward to coming back listen i already invited myself for the future i, I love know. it
0: i think we'll do it again honestly i mean that, that was the quick one of the quickest half hours of interview we've had in a long time i think again great takeaways and i'd love to do this again so we'll try to get you on a future episode as well
1: thank you and thank you everybody for listening
0: absolutely